Oh my gosh. Well, we'll make up for it. Okay, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Palm Desert City Council meeting for December 15th, 2022. Uh, we'll call this meeting to order. And uh, did you want to take roll at this time? The record will reflect that all council members are present with the exception of Mayor Pro Tem Sally. Okay, Jonathan. great, thank you. Uh, is there any public comment for closed session? I see no public comment. Okay, then we will recess to closed session at this time. Oh my gosh. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and uh, welcome to the Palm Desert City Council successor agency to the Palm Desert Redevelopment Agency and Housing Authority meeting of Thursday, December 15th, 2022. May we have a roll call, please? Councilmember Kelly. Here. Councilmember Nestandi. Councilmember Quintanilla. Present. Mayor Harnick. Here. Uh, Mayor Pro Tem Jonathan is absent. Thank you so much. We'll now have the Pledge of Allegiance. Uh, Councilmember Kelly will lead us. Council approve this leave unanimously. Mm -hmm. yes. Thank you. We gather here today to use our resources wisely and well, to represent all members of our community fairly, to make decisions with insight, vision, and understanding that promote the common good for today and tomorrow. And may our personal beliefs give us strength to act honestly and wisely in all matters before us. Thank you. Okay, do we have a report from closed session? Yes, we do. We have one item to report, and that is on the agenda item B1 uh, on the lease described there. The council authorized the city to enter into that lease by a unanimous vote. Uh, council member Jonathan absent. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we have our housekeeping remarks from our city clerk, please. For those on Zoom, if you want to participate in public comment, please click your, the raise hand button on your computer or smartphone. If you're joining the meeting by calling in on your phone, please dial star nine to raise your hand. And when called upon, press star six to unmute yourself. Please keep your comments to no more than three minutes and begin by stating your full name for the record. Thank you very much. We'll move to awards, presentations, and appointments. Uh, a is to adopt the resolution declaring the results of the November 8th, 2022 general municipal election. Would you like a motion? I think that sounds like a fine idea. Uh, I move the recommended action. I second. We have a motion and a second. Can we have a roll call vote, please? 
Council Member Kelly. Yes. Council Member Nestandy. Yes. Council Member Quintanilla. Aye. Mayor Harnick. Yes. Motion passes four to zero. Thank you so much. Okay, so um, we didn't ask for any public comment on that, did we? I have no public comment. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Okay, so we will now move to the installation of the new city council members. Congratulations, Evan. If you'll raise your right hand and please repeat after me. I please state your name. I, Evan Truby. That while serving as a member of the Palm Desert City Council. That while serving. I will support and defend. I will support and defend. The Constitution of the United States. Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of California. And the Constitution of the State of California. Against all enemies. Against all enemies. Foreign and domestic. Born and domestic. That I will bear true faith and allegiance. That I will bear full true faith and allegiance. True faith and allegiance, beg your pardon. To the Constitution of the United States. To the Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of California. And the Constitution of the State of California. That I take this obligation freely. That I take this obligation freely. Without any mental reservation. Without any mental reservation. For a purpose of evasion. For a purpose of evasion. That I will well and faithfully. And that I will well and faithfully. Discharge the duties. Discharge the duties. Upon which I'm about to enter. Upon which I'm about to I please state your name. Oh, please raise your right hand. I, Jan Harnick. While serving as a member of the Palm Desert City Council. While serving as a member of the Palm Desert. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will support and defend. That I will support and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. And the Constitution of the State of California. And the Constitution of the State of California. Against all enemies. Against all enemies, foreign and domestic, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance, that I will bear true faith to the Constitution of the United States, to the Constitution, and the Constitution of the State of California, and the Constitution of the State of California, that I take this obligation freely, that I take this obligation without any mental reservation, without any mental reservation, for purpose of evasion, for purpose of evasion, and that I will well and faithfully, and that I will well. Discharge the duties. Discharge the duties upon which I'm about to enter. About, upon the, about. Congratulations. It's always serious. Congratulations. That's always um, a very serious moment to me, and I'm sure it is to everyone who takes that oath. Uh, so now we will have comments from our newly elected and sworn in council member and welcome, Evan Truby. Appreciate it. Um, right. 
Close. Good. All right. I just want to say thank you so much uh, to the voters of Palm Desert. It's a huge honor. Uh, it's one I take seriously, and I'm really, really looking forward to serving uh, our residents. I love the city, and uh, I promise four, at least four years of, of faithful service. Thank you. Um, you know, every time I take that oath, it's, it's, I take it very seriously. And I want to remind everybody, we have uh, the distinct honor that when we say we're going to serve the constitutions, both of them, when we serve the state of California, it is mandated that this is a nonpartisan position. We serve the people, not a party. And that is what makes us able to do the good work we do. It makes us able to help our community and look through very clear lenses at what we're doing. So I am honored I've gotten to do this before, and I am honored that I get four more years. Thank you very much. So my last official act as mayor, I moved the appointment of Kathleen Kelly to the position of mayor and Karina Quintanilla to the position of mayor pro tem for a one-year period commencing upon appointment. And would we like to have, uh, can we do it by, what's, what would be best uh, to serve our Unanimous team? acclamation is appropriate unless a council member would like a roll call vote. I would say it was unanimous and okay. Unanimous. So, um, well, you've just been appointed, so you take it from here. It's all you now. <laughs> I believe the city clerk suggested a brief break uh, would be in order for our new council members to have a photo op. Uh, so we'll just take five minutes to shift positions. Okay. Okay. You can mix it up. Okay.
This is something new for this year. Uh, we will be back on the record, and uh, we are ready for city manager comments. Thank you, Mayor Kelly. Uh, tonight, I'd like to invite Andrew Ramirez from our Public Works Department up to give the council and community a quick overview of our facilities operations and maintenance activities uh, as current. And then we're going to follow up by uh, asking uh, Jessica Gonzalez to provide council and community an overview of our affordable housing project efforts, uh, current and uh, number of properties that we've closed in the last year as part of the city's uh, ongoing operations. So I'd like to kick it off with Andy and uh, take it away. Good evening. Honorable Mayor and members of the City Council, Andy Ramirez, Deputy Director of Public Works. Before you is a presentation that will cover the Public Works Facilities Division as we help preserve the integrity and functional lifespan of city buildings that serve the city of Palm Desert. In this next slide, I want to provide you a quick glance, if we can go to the next one here of what the facilities division uh, does. We oversee the operations and maintenance and improvements of over a dozen buildings here at the city. This includes our city hall, civic center, three fire stations, uh, two community centers, the aquatic center, the Parkview complex, our corporation yard, the iHub, and many others. To properly care and expand the life of each facility staff, also manages over 25 service contracts that cover plumbing, uh, HVAC units, roof repairs, electrical lighting, building safety, security, and much more. The city also partners with our contract partners, the DRD and YMCA, who also help operate our city recreational buildings. In this next slide, the facilities division is supported by a $4.7 million budget that encompasses both operations and capital improvements. These funds are essential for the upkeep and improvements to our building assets. I'm happy to share with you this next slide of a few of our staff members hard at work. In addition to overseeing several service contracts, uh, our small but mighty facilities team is always ready to tackle uh, issues that come up in our building, uh, buildings across the city. And here's just a snapshot of them at work. The division on this next slide shows uh, projects that are also managed uh, by our team. Uh, various uh, improvements such as this one, over 10,000 square feet of roofing at the Desert Willow facility, maintenance facility was um, completed this past year uh, through a contractor. Our team oversaw this project um, from beginning to, to, to end. Uh, that includes um, uh, the bidding process, writing staff reports, pre-construction meetings, on-site inspections, and much more. In this next slide, you'll see uh, some more projects that the city, uh, our, our public works uh, department oversees. Uh, we recently completed City Hall security door improvements. Uh, these eight locations here at Civic Center, specifically at City Hall, uh, are ballistic resistant uh, sliding doors uh, for further protection here at the city. 
In addition, we installed air curtains to prevent uh, our favorite friends, mosquitoes, from entering uh, the buildings and uh, also preventing some of the dust that can come into our buildings. Living in this uh, beautiful valley, where would we be without AC and other cooling units? Uh, here is a picture of a chiller uh, equipment that is used at the Sheriff Dispatch and Training Center. Uh, this building is over 25,000 square feet, and equipment such as these keep IT server rooms uh, cool and are dispatch operators in a very safe uh, environment for working conditions. From roofs to doors uh, to even plumbing, we oversee it all. Uh, you can see here some repairs uh, that were done uh, recently uh, here at City Hall. Creating new office space is part of the role that facilities also provides so that we're providing a quality and safe uh, environment for our staff. It's very important to us to collaborate with all the departments to ensure that everyone is provided an excellent workspace and quality lighting. And here is just another picture of creating additional space, making uh, our area more usable as we continue to grow as a city. Next slide. You can see some uh, basic improvements here to uh, workspaces uh, that included the installation of cubicles. We're very proud of uh, this picture here. You'll see Fire Station 33. There are three apparatus bay doors. Uh, this recent installation uh, was at a cost of about $200,000, um, which improves uh, the up and down time of uh, firefighters exiting and entering uh, the fire station 33. In fact, this improvement improved uh, the emergency response times by one minute. Our fire stations are very important to uh, the overall safety of uh, the community, and so uh, making sure that the buildings are in tip-top shape, including repairs to plumbing, is very important to us. Flooring as well. This uh, uh, enables uh, the staff and the firefighters at our buildings to um, have some high-quality flooring, uh, resilient flooring, so they can do their job well. Mold remediation is also included. Again, very extensive work that this division covers. All the way down to water heaters as well. How are facility issues reported? Uh, this is very important uh, for, uh, to us. Not only can residents and employees call in, they can also use their phones and simply download an app, they take a picture, send it in, and it goes into our work order system, gets in queue, and gets scheduled uh, in for a work order to be responded to. Compared to last year, on this slide, as you can see here, we've seen an increase to our work orders by 10%. Coming in 2023, I'm happy to share with you that in addition to improvements to our three fire stations, we're also working on a design plan update to the Parkview Complex. Uh, we are in the midst of uh, uh, developing out our asset management software through a company called Cartograph, security camera improvements to Civic Center, which includes the Holocaust Memorial, and much more. This concludes my presentation of our facilities team in Public Works. I'm happy to answer any questions you might have. Well, thank you so uh, very much. The nature of public works is such that folks are more likely uh, to notice 
if things are not done well uh, than when they are done well. So it's uh, very, very appreciated to have this opportunity to appreciate everything that's going right. Thank you. Any questions from council? Thank you. If I may, not a question, but a comment. I'd, I'd rather say or, or imagine that the 10% increase is less a reflection of, of perhaps residents that are not content with the services, but that we've been actively advocating for the use of reporting them. So I'd like to state for the record that 10% increase is residents knowing to use it, not that there's been any decline in the quality. So thank you very much. Thank you. Good evening, Jessica Gonzalez, Housing Manager with your Housing Division. I'd like to take a quick moment to introduce the team. Um, right here to my right first is uh, Selena Cabrera, and she just started with us. She's been with us for um, almost uh, seven months. <laughs> and then we have Stephanie Estrada, and she's been with us at seven months. <laughs> so thank you. Um, to start, I just wanted to go over um, our housing division um, work and activities that we have accomplished, but just ongoing activities that we have in our housing division. To start, just as an overview, we have our um, Palm Desert Housing Authority and City Housing Division uh, activities, and that comprises of the Affordable Apartment Rental um, Program, as well as our First-Time Home Buyer Program, our Home Improvement Program, and private developer partnerships, as well as our rent review ordinance program. Um, as part of our affordable rental program, we have uh, a total of 1,114 units. It's comprised of 15 communities. Those communities vary between multifamily and seniors. We have seven senior communities and eight multifamily. The uh, composition of the units vary from studios to two-bedroom units. The variety of, of the size of the, um, the properties are from uh, small to larger, where they vary between 16 units to 384 units, which is our largest community. RPM is our property management company. They do assist us in the complete day-to-day -day, um, operation and maintenance of our properties. However, as staff, we do implement all the policies and procedures combined with the effort of our um, property management company. So we do uh, go through a number of items throughout the year uh, to complete, such as our rental um, rent, uh, rent, rents for our properties. We just initiated this year after negotiating with our property management, they started their, a renewal of their contract for a two-year extension. As part of their um, work throughout the year and just ongoing, we do have interior renovations. This year, in the last six months, we've completed 12 interior renovations, such as this example here before you that has a before and after example of our tub conversions. We also completed 18 of those. Um, we converted those primarily in our senior communities where we have requests um, for accommodations to assist seniors to be able to have a good, uh, easier transition into the, into the shower areas. We also completed a couple other projects on sites, such as our, at our Catalina and Desert Point communities. We replaced mailboxes, 
at our one quail, just going through a couple of our projects that we have successfully completed throughout the year that we've been working on as a team. Um, we completed three boiler replacements at one quail place. We installed 93 new fire extinguishers at one quail place as well. At Santa Rosa, we did, we did unfortunately have a sewer line uh, uh, fault, uh, faulty line that we had to repair and replace. As well as California Villas, we did an extensive renovation. Most of our renovations at our uh, communities ongoing um, include some cabinet and countertop, as well as repainting, flooring, um, just to spruce up and assist in continuing the maintenance of our properties to be leased by our community residents. We also have um, some ongoing capital improvement projects that we have completed this last year. We actually completed two roof uh, repair and replacements, and those were at Desert Point and Taos Palms. We currently are uh, jointly with Public Works, also working um, with our Taos uh, apartments, trellis, and entryway renovation, rehabilitation. So that is ongoing at this moment. We are soon in the next week going to be publishing um, another project at One Quail Place. It is a very extensive project, which is our asphalt and ADA improvements. We additionally have the first time home buyer program. This actually is a program that was recently transitioned to the housing division from our um, finance department. Um, we will be overseeing and have been in the last two months um, 292 affordable homes. This comprises of a number of communities such as Falcon Crest, Desert Rose, and some infill uh, communities, as well as Portola Palms Mobile Home Park. We are also maintain a wait list. Um, we do have 20 people we have pre-qualified on our interest list um, for any resale that happens at any of these communities. As part of annual maintenance that we will be doing, uh, compliance for these com community um, uh, homes that maintain a restrictive agreement and there are certain provisions that we have to uh, assist in maintaining compliance with. Um, one of our most recent projects that we have uh, hopefully successfully will be able to transfer the properties to um, prospective buyers in the next week um, is our Merle self-help project. Um, we have 10 homeowners that have been pre-qualified. It was a very extensive process, but we hopefully are at the end and have these uh, prospective buyers in homes in the next year. And these are partnerships that we do build as either city or Palm Desert Housing Authority. Um, we also have the Emergency Home Improvement Program. Um, this essentially is a program that provides assistance to homeowners um, that do not have um, resources to be able to make some of the repairs that are emergency, such as a, a roof repair um, that is not covered by their insurance, or maybe an HVAC or a heater uh, during, um, of course, uh, the winter time. So we do assist that, and in the last three months, this program was transferred to our division as well, and we have successfully completed one, one application. Um, additionally, as part of um, various um, forms, either land donations, um, concessions, um, and incentives, we do work in partnership with some developers, and we do have a number of communities that we have already existing. Um, this also um, consists of density bonus um, concessions, and we have 340 units with um, affordability restrictions on these communities that um, provide the 340 units either at very low, low, or moderate level um, household. Um, this is pretty much about 10 units, comprised of 10 units. 
or I'm sorry, 10 properties. Um, an additional work that the team does is maintain compliance of those units to ensure that the developers are maintaining these uh, units available to lower income households. In the last year, we have actually been very busy and have worked with a number of developers. Um, and coming forward in the upcoming year, um, we have already completed agreements and approvals. Um, we have 983 housing units underway. Very, uh, uh, we're very happy and, and are excited to see these come forward. Um, we have the Vitalia project. We have crossings at Palm Desert. We have Palm Villas. Um, we have Daryl Ford Apartments, Millennium Apartments, and the Sands Apartments. Um, so hopefully, um, as, as part of our future goals, is to see some of these units developed and be able to provide our residents good affordable housing. Um, as well as part of um, our assistance, we do partner with these developers as um, the Palm Desert Housing Authority, these, this last year we were successful to be able to um, partner up with three different developers um, to assist them financially. Here's a good review of the comparison between the three different communities that we did assist and it's close to $20 million between the three, um, each one in various amounts. And it, it's all comprised in a combination of layering funding as well as assistance based on a per unit uh, cost because we do go through an extensive process of reviewing the feasibility of the project and ensuring that we are assisting them, um, assisting these uh, projects and supporting them um, comparably. And last but not least, we do have our rent review uh, mobile home ordinance, which we oversee. Um, there are, this is only for mobile home parks. It is for mobile home parks that are part of this uh, rent review ordinance. It's Indian Springs, Palm Desert Mobile Estates, Suncrest Country Club, and Silver Spur. Um, we oversee compliance on an annual basis. There's a, uh, some compliance on ensuring that the rents are not um, increased beyond what the ordinance uh, outlines, as well as reviewing any complaints or any requests that the mobile home park owners are, so, are making in order to assist them in maintaining their community. And that is it, and this is the housing division team. Any questions? Happy to answer. Again, thank you. I often brag about the unanimous support of the Palm Desert Council uh, for development of housing at all price points, uh, especially affordable housing, and the commitment to house more of those who work in Palm Desert here within our city. So you've given us more to brag about. Great. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Questions, comments? Yes. Councilmember Truby. Thank you so much for the presentation. It was excellent. Um, quick question. You see currently we have over 1,100 housing units available, affording housing units available. Uh, 20 folks on a wait list. How do you find supply and demand to be currently? Is there more demand than supply? I mean, I know we got 983 in the pipeline. Um, so if we've got 20 on a wait list, where's the demand coming for the 900? I mean, there's a lot I don't know here, obviously. I'm the new guy. I apologize. Um, the 20 that we have on the interest list is for our for sale program for, for individuals that are first-time homebuyers. We actually, um, as the Palm Desert Housing Authority, we own the 1,100 units. And 
those units, we have probably an interest list um, that is probably about 7,000 people. Mm -hmm. exactly so we definitely do have a demand. So and even with the 900, yes. Perfect. So we're doubling capacity because there's demand is there. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And one other question, if I may, and I might have missed this in the presentation, the uh, 12 homes on Merle, what, yes. is, what distinguishes those from the rest? Of um, the, uh, at the freestanding homes versus apartments, is that the distinction? Correct, that is the distinction. Thank you. Thank you. Anything further? Nothing further, Mayor, thank you. I'd like to, if I may. Please. Uh, first, I wanna say thank you for that very in-depth uh, presentation and welcome, of course, Selena and Stephanie to this team. Uh, but I did wanna, it's a, a little kind of on the, our next um, request and reports, but I, would, I think it would serve us really well if we were able to do a tour of the housing. And whoever, whatever committees or commissions might also be involved with that, I think it would be um, an asset to the city for us to do a tour of those. So if we can, that's kind of a council member request out of order. Well, and as it happens, uh, the next item is council member reports and requests, and I was going to start with you, so now you're completely in order. Thank you. Thank you for setting it all straight. <laughs> uh, it's, it's actually been a while since we've had a meeting, and so there's been a lot of uh, meetings that we've attended and a lot of events that I know we've all attended. Uh, I do want to mention that yesterday at the Riverside County Transportation Commission, we set forth the annual legislation or legislative platform. Uh, it has a very he heavy, heavy emphasis on CV rail, on getting that rail through there. And we're excited about it. Anytime we meet with legislators, we do push on that. And we make sure that legislation that is coming down from Sacramento supports that effort and doesn't hinder it in any way. Uh, additionally, we, we set forth in that policy uh, making sure that Sacramento doesn't think that one size fits all, which they tend to believe, but when we look at the Coachella Valley and its needs, we see that that is not the case. So we did emphasize that as well. Uh, I was able to go down to the Imperial County to look at the lithium extraction process, which was remarkably interesting and something that I know our, it looks like our UCR site here uh, off of Cook may take a role in that effort. Uh, we also toured the um, Salton Sea and uh, looked at some of the infrastructure projects out there. Uh, one of them is being creating a better border crossing. So that was really interesting. Um, I have one other request besides touring the housing, and that is uh, some time ago there was health, vision, and dental insurance for the council members. And I know our effort has been for quite a while to include more and more people in the pool of those who will run and who will serve. And I believe that we should go back and look at providing that insurance. Now, I must tell you, I waited until I was of an age that it did not appear that this would be self-serving. Uh, so I, I do think, however, that it is important that we review that, if we can put it on an agenda, if we need a um, subcommittee to look at, we, we treat the council members as employees, and this would be one of those places 
that I think it would serve us well. So I'd like to take a look at that. And just, just excuse me, just to clarify, um, I, if I'm correct, we ourselves currently have coverage. So are you asking about the dependent coverage, uh, family coverage, which other employees of the city enjoy? I, exactly what I'm doing is I would like to look at it that we have the same coverage as the other employees. I personally would certainly support looking at that afresh. I think both other cities do uh, treat council members with benefit packages comparable to other employees. And we do want this opportunity to serve uh, to be as accessible to people as possible. Are, are there others who would support at least uh, looking at this question. And if I may share, if we're looking at the other cities in the Valley, uh, the greater majority of them do provide that benefit. And Palm Desert did at one time, and that's a whole other story why that was changed. But uh, I don't want to take the time now to go through that. But I think it, it is worth looking at. Councilmember Nisante. I think my, you, you spoke for me, so you've clarified my question. Uh, is there a conflict of interest being I am not a, uh, you, you made reference, you didn't feel appropriate before suggesting. I'm not sure what you mean. You said because you're of a certain age now, you can you feel free to, to suggest this. Is, are you, do you see a conflict of us I, I, trying to get more health insurance? I absolutely do not. I think in America we believe that health is important and if we're to be able to do our job well and to represent well, everyone should have the health coverage that we can provide. Okay, then I will um, second your request. Okay, thank you. Others wish to join in? Uh, we do have three in support of that request, so it should move forward. I wonder, uh, Council Members Arnick and Stante, if you would be prepared to serve as a subcommittee to work with staff and explore uh, that possibility to report to Council? Yes. I'd be, I'd be happy to. Yes. Thank you. Uh, can, can we, uh, by unanimous consent, establish that subcommittee? Does unanimous consent mean that we're taking any sort of vote right now, or does this just mean that we're advancing to a future subcommittee? The second. In other words, you haven't committed to any end result. You just agreed to have them explore it. I agree to exploration. Perfect. Anything else? Uh, Councilmember Nastande. I just want to congratulate you on being mayor, and I know our city will be in great hands under your leadership. Congratulations. You caught me swallowing. <laughs> <laughs> um, mayor Pro Tem, Quintanilla, I get to say that for the first time. Well, thank you very much, Madam Mayor. We had previously had a discussion that your whole entire previous service as mayor was on Zoom. So I congratulate you on the ability to be in the community and give your warmth and your, your nurturing to the community in full presence. So it's an honor to serve alongside you. Um, my report is just to hope everyone here and everybody watching from home, may you and your, ha and your loved ones have healthy holidays. And thank you for staff for 
all that you do to have us be a shining star in the city. Thank you. And Council Member Trube. All right, thank you. Um, just want to mention that um, I've lived in the city for 30 years, worked with the staff as a business owner, and I'm, you know, as good as those experiences have been working from the other side uh, this past few weeks with the orientations, everything have, have really blown me away with the professionalism and, and um, amount of knowledge and background that y'all and expertise that y'all bring to the plate. I'm really, really excited about working with everyone here. So thank you very much. Great. And my colleagues too, of course. <laughs> uh, just two things. First, uh, I want to thank uh, Councilmember Harnick, our most recent mayor, not just for your very active presence in the community as mayor, uh, but some of you may not be aware that Councilmember Harnick simultaneously undertook uh, to first serve as chairman of RCTC uh, during the first half of her term as mayor, and then uh, president of the Regional Council for Southern California Association of Governments these last six months. SCAG is the largest metropolitan planning agency in the country. So it's a hugely important position with many duties, uh, which Councilmember Arnick pursued for the sake of this city and our region uh, to make sure that we're at the table when important decisions are made about resource allocation. Uh, so thank you for undertaking all of that. Uh, and then secondly, I've noticed that in our sister cities, often new mayors uh, present a list of personal goals. Our system is for the council as a whole to meet early in the year to collaboratively establish goals. My job as mayor is to facilitate full participation uh, from all. That uh, meeting will happen in just about three, excuse me, uh, more than three weeks. It'll be February. Uh, but this year it will take place in a special context. Last year, we established several very ambitious multi-year goals. Uh, those included expanding services for students at CSU, San, San Bernardino Palm Desert Campus, with the goal of that ultimately being a freestanding campus, taking initiative to re-envision the mall and position the city in leadership where that's concerned. Uh, building out the north part of our city so as to include parks, walkable destinations that the residents desire, and other amenities. Uh, reclaiming environmental leadership uh, and 
area where Palm Desert has historically excelled. Uh, tackling important issues in connection with delivery of public safety, so to assure both efficacy and efficiency, and uh, forming a comprehensive strategy for broadband and connectivity, which is becoming the great equalizer when it comes to opportunity for advancement. Well, that was a mouthful. Uh, so you can see it will be a challenge uh, to find time or space to add to that list. Uh, but we will collaborate with staff on progress made and the extent to which there is space uh, to make additions. Um, now we've reached the first opportunity for you to make some noise, uh, not agenda public comments. I emphasize this is the time for the public to comment on items which are not on the agenda for up to three minutes. Speakers may either attend in person or utilize one of the three options listed on the last page of the published agenda. Because the Brown Act does not allow city council to act on items not listed, we can't engage you in a full discussion, uh, but may refer an item for follow-up, either with staff or by some other means. Uh, and Mr. Clerk, do we need any other explanations before proceeding? Uh, just a reminder to those on Zoom, if you would like to uh, speak, please raise your hand. And if you are on a telephone, please start to hit star nine to indicate that you would like to speak and then star six to unmute yourself. Thank you. We'll take those in person first. I do have three blue cards, which is the best way to let us know that you would like to speak. Uh, is Alan Schiff? Uh, please come forward and restate your name and place of residence. My name is My name is Alan Schiff, and I live at 36 Via Amormio, Palm Desert, 92260. First of all, I would like to apologize to the board for my thinking about the CV link. When I first saw Magnesia Falls, I scratched my head and, what is going on? And then I happened to see a segment on HBO's Real Sports with Bryant Gumbel, where they showed a segment of bike riders who are in the bike lanes getting hit by trucks and cars. The bicyclists never win. Never. And I thought, they're a lot smarter than I thought. This is a good thing. You save lives whether you know it or not. So thank you. And again, my apologies for thinking what I did. Second of all, uh, my next issue is over energy. Some 15 years ago, Palm Desert came out with a possible reduction of 30% of energy use throughout the whole city. That's an unbelievable amount. You did every program I could, that, that I ever saw, the Set to Save program, 
people would come to your house and put in the new light bulbs. They'd put them in for you at no cost. You guys came up with some great programs. I wonder if we could revisit that. Uh, I asked for, at that time, uh, to make every new home complex to have solar energy. Simple thing, the builder passes the price on to the buyer, the buyer can amortize it through the length of his loan, plus these energy savings he's gonna receive from having the solar panels. Great program. The city council came back and said, yeah, we'll, we'll do it, but it'll only be 15%. Well, I guess that's better than nothing. I think you might wanna look at that, if you would. And finally, this is on a personal note, and there's no laughing at this when I talk about it. Years ago, Palm Desert had a ballroom dancing class. I took advantage of that. Actually, I lost a bet to my wife, and she made me go. So there were six lessons, and I figured, ah, I could do that. First lesson, one down, five to go. Second lesson, hey, this is kind of fun. Third lesson, we're signing up for next time. And I kept signing up. And all of a sudden, it just stopped. I hope we can bring that back. Evan, I'm sure you'd be one of the first ones there, right with me. <laughs> Again, uh, thank you for your time. And thank you for your comments. Uh, next is Ralph Perry. Again, please restate your name and give us your place of residence. Yes, yes hello. My name is Ralph Perry, and I live at 39240 Desert Greens Drive East here in Palm Desert. And um, uh, I am a volunteer for the city in the Parks and Recs Department. It's been great. I came today to add my voice to the yes on the five districts. The people have spoken and they want to see this happen. I know this is a sensitive subject, but I think this can be approached with the idea to make us a win-win for all as much as possible. I hope there can be forward momentum with this on a timely basis in 2023. And finally, I'm glad, grateful to the city council, the volunteers, and the excellent staff who work hard every day to make our city a great place to live. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I'll just let you know and others who might be interested uh, that the committee assignments, which are part of the consent agenda coming up, uh, include establishing a subcommittee of the council uh, to consider possible changes to the election system. Uh, so assuming that's approved, that's the venue uh, where those conversations will happen, at least uh, initially. Um, Mr. Greg Ackerman. Hi, Greg Ackerman from Palm Desert. I had a wonderful and eloquent little three-minute speech all made up on the exact topic that Ralph just spoke on. So I can just shortcut it and say I, I too, am very uh, enthusiastic about seeing that Measure B is followed up on, that the, the city move that to a top goal, as you mentioned. 
for uh, upcoming discussions. And if there is a subcommittee put in place, uh, I would love to be a part of that if that is a possibility. So thank you very much. I'll cut it very short and just say uh, thank you for your time. And as we say in my household, Merry Christmas. Very good. And do we have any requests for public comment from cyberspace? No public comment on Zoom. Thank you. Okay. Uh, that brings us to the consent calendar. Are there any requests to remove items? Uh, seeing none, would someone like to make a motion? Move approval. I'll second the motion. Please take the vote. Councilmember Harnick. Yes. Councilmember Nestandi. Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Quintanilla. Aye. Councilmember Truby. Yes. Mayor, Mayor Kelly. Yes. Motion passes five to zero. Thank you. Um, that enables us to turn to page eight on the agenda. Uh, our action items consist entirely of public hearings. Uh, the first is consideration for adoption of an urgent urgency ordinance amending section 25.34.030 of the Palm Desert Municipal Code relating to accessory dwelling units, etc. Uh, may we please have the staff report? Yes, Madam Mayor. Good evening, members of the City Council. Rosie Lua, uh, De Deputy Director of Development Services. Before you is an urgency ordinance to amend our accessory dwelling unit standards. This is a state mandate. The governor signed into law a new bill, SB 897, along with other bills to further the ADU laws effective January 1st, 2023, requiring our city, along with all other California cities, to increase heights for certain ADUs from 16 feet to 18 feet or 22 feet, depending on the circumstance. And it's 25 feet when it is a multifamily detached uh, ADU. It also requires front setbacks to allow ADUs of 800 square feet in the front yard. It limits denial of non-conforming uses. If there is a non-conforming use on the property, we are not able to deny an ADU. It also allows us to work with property owners for any unpermitted ADUs to make sure that they rectify and allow that ADU to be um, approved. The state law continues to prohibit short-term rentals, as well as allows uh, the rental of ADUs to 30 days or more. It removes the automatic repeal of the statue uh, that sunsetted in 2025, which makes the ADU a permanent statue in the state of California, along with it being within our city ordinance. So as allowed by state law, the city is able to amend its ordinance um, so long as it aligns with the mandate. So the City of Palm Desert worked with the City Attorney's Office to ensure that our uh, revised draft ordinance before you uh, is meeting the state, state mandate along with um, any other items that are allowed to have some wiggle room. And so those included front yard setback requirements um, at 25 feet, 
as well as some objective design standards in architecture and landscape to meet um, our Palm Desert goals and needs. So with that, um, this ordinance if approved is required to be uh, approved for compliance by the Housing and Community Development Department, HCD. So uh, if adopted by a fourth, fifth vote, we will send that off, wait for our compliance, and it will be adopted immediately. Thank you. Um, I'll just take questions for clarification before opening the public hearing, and I'll lead with this one. Uh, should we understand correctly that what's before us is action we must take pursuant to state law? Absolutely. So we either uh, adopt our own ordinance and draft, or we adopt that of the state. So either way, we are required as a mandate, yes. All right. Thank you. Any other questions for clarification? Yes. I had one question. Does this include homeowner association communities as well? The state law is clear that homeowner associations and or CCNRs are, do not have any mandate um, on their properties, so the state is what is in compliance. Thank you. Seeing no others, I will open the public hearing. Uh, do we have any requests to speak to this item? No public comment, Madam Mayor. Then I will close the public hearing. Uh, do we have comments or perhaps a motion? Move approval. I second the motion. Please take the vote. Councilmember Harnick. Yes. Councilmember Niskandi. Yes. Mayor Pertum Quintanilla. Aye. Councilmember Truby. Yes. Mayor Kelly. Yes. Motion passes five to zero. Which brings us to item B. This is a second reading and adoption of ordinance number 1388, amending specified chapters of the Palm Desert Municipal Code to adopt the 2022 editions of the California Code of Regulations, Title 24, and related codes with selected appendices and amendments. Good evening, Honorable Mayor, members of City Council. I'm your Chief Building Official, Jason Finley. Tonight is the second reading of Ordinance 1388 for the 2022 California Model Code Adoption. Staff report is in your packet. I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have. Seeing none, I will gently open the public hearing. Uh, any request to comment on this item? No public comment, Madam Mayor. Then I will close the public hearing. Uh, any discussion or is there a motion? So moved. Well, well, I will second the motion then. I was waiting for one of my colleagues. <laughs> please take the vote. Councilmember Harnick? Yes. Councilmember Nestandi? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Quintanilla? Aye. Councilmember Truby? Yes. Mayor Kelly? Yes. Motion passes five to zero. Item C is resolution to adopt a notice of exemption under the California Environmental Quality Act, CEQA, and approval of a summary vacation for a portion of the restricted access easement 
lying within parcel six and seven of parcel map 36792, located north of Gerald Ford Drive, approximately 750 feet west of Technology Drive. Mr. Maloney. Thank you, Honorable Mayor and members of the City Council. Uh, Nick Maloney, Senior Planner with the Palm Desert Planning Division. Uh, this project is located within the city's northern sphere, within the boundaries of the Millennium Palm Desert Specific Plan. As you can see on the screen, it's located about 750 feet west of the intersection of Gerald Ford Drive and Technology. Uh, the project is a request to vacate an access easement that is located within the parcel map. It is recommended. It has been recommended for approval by the Planning Commission and uh, it is a condition of approval for a precise plan that was previously approved in March of this year. Uh, on the screen is the Millennium Specific Plan showing the access locations, which includes a shared access between the two parcels. When the map was recorded, it included an access restriction on Gerald Ford Drive. Uh, the applicant is requesting to vacate this access restriction in order to provide access to the two parcels and satisfy the conditions of approval which are required for the issuance of a grading permit for the 330 unit apartment development. Staff has reviewed the request and find that it complies with all applicable requirements of the specific plan, general plan, and the state legislature and recommends approval as presented. That concludes staff presentation. Thank you. I have a key question. Yes. Did you do all that without taking a breath? I, I was told to keep things brief. <laughs> <laughs> you did a good job. Any, uh, any other key questions? Uh, if not, I will open the public hearing. Uh, do we have any requests to speak on this item? No public comment, Madam Mayor. Uh, then I will close the public hearing. Who would like to make a motion? I motion for approval. Please take the vote. Councilmember Harnick. Yes. Councilmember Niskandi. Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Quintanilla. Aye. Councilmember Truby. Yes. Mayor Kelly. Yes. Motion passes five to zero. I have a feeling you're up for the next one. Yes. <laughs> After this one. If that's okay. Take a breath. I'll, I'll try. Item D, consideration to adopt a notice of exemption under the California Environmental Quality Act, CEQA, and approval of the summary vacation of an unused excess portion of right-of-way located at the northerly terminus of Santa Margarita Avenue, adjacent to 44525 Santa Margarita Avenue. Thank you once again, Nick Maloney, Palm Desert Planning Division. Uh, this project is a request for a summary vacation to vacate a portion of unused or excess right-of-way at the northerly terminus of uh, Santa Margarita Avenue. Uh, this is also a requirement of a, of a precise plan that was approved earlier this year. Uh, staff has reviewed the proposal, which is presented to you on the screen now. Um, here is an overlay with the existing improvements as well as the proposed right-of-way modifications. Uh, staff has analyzed the proposal for consistency with the general plan as well as uh, legislative requirements of the state and finds that it satisfies all applicable requirements and therefore recommends approval as presented. Uh, that concludes staff presentation. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any requests? Excuse me. I open the public hearing. Uh, are there any requests to speak on this item? No public comment, Madam Mayor. 
I closed the public hearing. And I'm looking to my right for a motion. I make a motion. <laughs> Second. Please take the vote. And the motion was to approve the recommended action. Councilmember Harnick. Yes. Councilmember Nestandi. Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Quintanilla. Aye. Councilmember Truby. Yes. Mayor Kelly. Yes. Motion passes five to zero. And uh, let's take a 15-minute break uh, before our last item. We will be back on the record. Item E is a resolution to consider revocation of business license certificate number 1370-9873 for the Sweet Spot Club located at 73338 Highway 111. Suite O, Palm Desert, pursuant to Palm Desert Municipal Code Section 5.04.160. I will begin by opening of the public hearing. Uh, the clerk has previously uh, sworn in of those who will present for staff as well as for the appellant, please proceed. Good evening, uh, Madam Mayor, uh, Council Members, Richard Canoni, Director of Development Services. Uh, I've got uh, a number of slides this evening, uh, quite uh, over 40 slides, um, so I'm gonna try to go through them relatively quickly, um, but um, just wanted to preface that in advance. It, it is a little bit longer of a presentation uh, than, than uh, what we're normally accustomed to. Uh, what I'd like to do is kind of take, take everyone uh, through the process of um, the permitting and licensing before we get into um, the violations that, that we believe occurred um, with this business. In uh, August of 2016, uh, they applied, um, they being the Sweet Spot um, LLC, applied for a conditional use permit uh, to operate a uh, members-only uh, social business club. Um, this was done um, through a conditional use permit that's granted by the Planning and Zoning Commission after a public hearing is held. Um, they provided a statement of use that outlines the uh, general parameters of the, of the business. Uh, as you see, most of um, what I've highlighted uh, deal with a, um, a business operation, a conference room business meetings, um, a technology uh, station, uh, mail service, uh, uh, and, and summarized as a office away from home. As part of that uh, application, they included a floor plan um, that you see here. Um, the floor plan uh, provides for the bar, a main seating room, uh, and, and two conference rooms. Uh, I'd also like to add this, this was the uh, same floor plan that was included as part of the building permit in which a uh, certific certificate of occupancy was ultimately granted. On August 15th, 27, uh, the Planning Commission uh, adopted the resolution uh, approving the conditional use permit that included a, an addition of roughly 2,500 square feet uh, where this business uh, would be located. 
uh, and for the use uh, defined as a private members only social business club. Uh, one thing I'd also like to mention as part of that approval, as you'll see in that, uh, in that, in that attachment, um, there were a number of findings that were incorporated as part of that resolution. I believe it's finding number two um, that set forth um, uh, related to um, health safety and uh, public welfare. Um, there were some hours of operation that were also limited uh, from 11, um, I believe it was 11 a.m. Uh, to, uh, to 10 p.m. Also want to uh, just point out the fact that um, they did apply through the Secretary of State. They filed their statement of information uh, as the Sweet Spot Club LLC. And if you notice, um, the description of business is, uh, is social club. Their ABC license um, that they applied for on August 11th, um, 2021, um, as you'll see that what was highlighted here in, in that, that email, um, their intended operation at that time uh, was a business to be open to the, uh, to the general public. The license that was ultimately issued by ABC or, or Alcohol Beverage Control um, was what's classified as a Type 48, which is an on-sale on general public premise, uh, essentially a license that's granted to a bar, uh, bar or lounge. Uh, a couple other things I'd like to note, um, the hours of operation that was included were from 9 a.m. to midnight, uh, and then the business name that was included with that application was the Sweet Spot Cafe, um, not the Desert Social Business Club or that was originally applied for, um, or the uh, Sweet Spot Club, uh, which was uh, part of the business license that the city granted uh, or approved in July of, uh, of um, 2022. Uh, included with that application uh, was a um, web address uh, that provided uh, information regarding, uh, regarding the business. So just to give a quick summary of, of some of the statements of fact as it relates to those uh, permits and licensing, uh, I won't read through all of them, um, but for the most part, they applied um, as a uh, private business club. They received that conditional use permit. Um, they filed their uh, uh, paperwork through the Secretary of State as a social club. Um, they applied for their city business license as a private club. However, they uh, sought and received a alcohol license uh, as a general open to the business under the name Sweet Spot Cafe. Uh, we also did check um, with Riverside County uh, if there was a DBA or fictitious name filed uh, related to Sweet Spot Club um, or Sweet Spot LLC, and the only one on file um, was for the Desert Social Business Club, um, not for uh, Sweet Spot Cafe. There was um, some media coverage um, that, that raised a lot of the concerns that brought a lot of this to light um, that was uh, published in uh, October 26th of this year. Um, as you see, I won't read the entire, um, the entire article, um, but it, it described uh, a card room, uh, massage room. Um, they talked about uh, how the business would operate um, as a hostess club and um, got into a little bit more of the uh, details with respect to the card room. Uh, and uh, massage uh, quoted by the uh, business owner. Uh, in addition, um, the owner was also quoted in that article of uh, having their time uh, from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., which corresponds with the approved CUP, uh, but they also added in there that it, it would be pushed to midnight once the club is fully operational. On um, November 9th, uh, there was a press release that the business issued Again, describing the business, a couple things to highlight. Um, they, they classified as a, a new luxury social club. 
the business club square footage is roughly 4,000 in this description, much larger than what was approved, uh, as well as a description of a luxury card room, uh, as well as uh, an area for massages. Uh, the other thing I'll point out is the hours of operation in this media um, uh, or, or press release is from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. On November 9th, uh, essentially the, um, the same day that this uh, press release was issued, uh, the city issued a cease and desist letter um, to the business uh, outlining a number of violations of, of the CUP conditions um, for, um, that you see here identified as well as some additional uh, operational um, uh, violations as it relates to the business license. There were four corrective actions um, that, that we required. Um, uh, the first obviously being immediately, uh, and two, um, within, uh, within, within a, a few, uh, roughly, uh, I wanna say five days, um, to pay the required uh, parking mitigation fee. At the time, it was uh, supposed to be paid at building permit. Um, it was only half of that was paid and then never paid. Um, so that was one of, the, um, one of the corrective actions. And the other was to obtain a, uh, a business license consistent with that private club use. Uh, in addition, um, within one day, uh, we, had, we had asked that they provide us with a letter that they had received this, understood it, and what they were going to do to uh, come into compliance. On 1110, uh, uh, we did receive that, that letter. Um, we also did meet with the uh, business owner uh, that same day uh, and, and explained some of the, the, the uh, violations. Uh, we also talked um, how they could cure those violations. And, and one was the option of either amending, the, um, amending their conditional use permit for a bar or lounge that was consistent with the alcohol license that was, off, um, that was granted. Um, which, have, which would require public notice and, and consideration by the Planning Commission, um, or the second option was to um, uh, correct the uh, ABC license so it's consistent with the use. The applicant wanted to go with the latter, and so that was, that's kind of that route that we're, we're, we're at today. Um, but as you'll see, um, they indicated that they would be submitting um, to ABC for that Type 57 license. Uh, they would remove the massage establishment immediately, um, there is, they stated there is no card room, it's a, it's a game room, um, as they call it. Um, in addition, um, they reference um, the cigar lounge, that it's a separate ent entity, um, separate location, has nothing to do with the club, no door or entry in between the two establishments. Um, there's a prohibition, they're, they're not smoking, and that they would pay the, um, the parking mitigation fee. They did apply uh, for a conditional use permit for the cigar lounge. Um, that same day that we met on the 10th, um, we, we, turned that, we rejected that application uh, and gave it back to him for, uh, it, due to it being uh, incomplete. Uh, so we did not process it, um, but I would like to point, the, point out that the um, floor plan that was included with that application, um, as you see here, and, and included as attachment 13, um, also describes their existing use as a nightclub um, and as you can see, the area encircled um, shows a connection into um, what's now defined as a private customer area, which on the CP plan was conference room two. Um, they identify the other area as a smoking area, uh, a restroom, and a uh, humidor uh, with a direct connection into um, the, the facility. On November 18th, um, city manager issued a suspension letter as well as the notice of, of uh, revocation hearing uh, for this evening, uh, outlining um, specifically two items that they failed to comply with. 
Uh, the first being removing the references, including photos on the website for those unpermitted accessory uses that were outlined in the cease and desist letter, uh, in addition uh, for failure to obtain the ABC license as a private club. We, that same day, we took a number of uh, screenshots of the, uh, of the website, uh, and I'll run through those quickly. This was the landing page um, that describes um, the business, including a card room, um, as well as uh, an attached, warm, beautiful cigar room. Additionally, uh, it allowed for uh, the ability to make reservations uh, for a poker table, a card table, or a massage, and you can see the, uh, the massage table uh, that was uh, provided on their website. And these are just some screenshots showing um, reservations that you are able to make, uh, again, outside of the approved time as part of their uh, CUP, poker table, card table. Again, these are all on the 18th. Uh, on 1121, we checked again. Um, while the massage uh, was removed, reference and the, the ability to make reservations, uh, they did maintain the ability to reserve poker tables and card tables. And again, on uh, 1130, those also um, stayed. This was an image from the um, Desert Sun article that, showed the, uh, that shows the card room. On November 17th, so this was the, the day prior to issuance of that suspension letter, uh, we did reach out to ABC to see if they have received uh, that Type 57 license. And as you'll see, the confirmation here, um, as, as attachment 18, uh, at that point in time, they had not uh, received any application from the applicant or the licensee. Um, the, they did provide um, a response on the 18th, um, stating that they did submit the uh, um, application uh, for the private club. They removed the, the, the uh, massage room, um, the card room, um, a room with two tables for uh, table games, no dealers. Again, insisting that the cigar lounge was a separate entity and not, not uh, connected to the club. On 11-21, we did meet um, with, with um, uh, the owner as well as their new, their new uh, manager um, to talk about, um, uh, obviously, the suspension and, uh, and the uh, hearing this evening uh, and their uh, desire to remain open. Um, they also stated that um, they had already submitted the application to ABC, um, but as you see the, the, the following day as, as attachments 21 and 22 on um, correspondence with ABC, um, they did not. Um, so there was not anything filed uh, here in the, the Palm Desert local office, uh, and they also checked at the uh, Riverside County office uh, to make sure it wasn't in a, uh, a pending, uh, pending folder somewhere. As part of that meeting, um, the, the uh, licensee uh, did feel that he was being uh, treated unfairly and again insisted that um, um, could not understand where staff came up with the idea for the cigar lounge and felt that we were uh, again targeting him as a result. Uh, but again, I'd like to just point to attachments 13 and, and 17. Um, just to diverge briefly, because I know the cigar lounge has, has uh, and, and smoking, we, part of the discussion we had even a few uh, a few meetings ago as it related to the cannabis discussion. Um, a cigar lounge is not listed uh, as a permitted or conditional use within the downtown district. However, um, there is an exemption in the health and safety section uh, where we actually prohibit, of the Palm Desert Code, where we prohibit smoking. And that exemption has to do um, where, uh, where it could be allowed if, there's, um, if it's related to a store that exclusively 
uh, deals with tobacco products and, and accessories. The um, Labor Code, Section 6404.5C, um, which is the section um, that talks about uh, safe workplace and, and uh, prohibition of smoking in the, in the uh, workplace, does provide for uh, a general rule and, and some exceptions. Uh, one of those exceptions includes um, a retail or wholesale tobacco shop and private smokers lounge, and those are the definitions. So our exemption essentially follows what, um, what state law um, uh, puts out. So I just wanted to uh, quickly, quickly touch base on that. Um, we did provide uh, an application to the owner um, for a, a use determination uh, for that cigar lounge on 12-2, uh, uh, and they did um, submit that application, 12-7, uh, and earlier this week, uh, we did deem that application incomplete um, for failure to provide uh, three of the four uh, required application items. On November 23rd, um, we did send a follow-up email after meeting with the applicant, uh, letting them know that, um, again, they indicated they submitted the application, but we had not yet seen that. Um, and it wasn't until we did not receive a response to that email, uh, but we did see, receive confirmation ultimately from ABC on December 2nd um, that an application for a Type 57 license um, uh, has, been, uh, has been submitted and is currently under review. In addition to that, um, we also were provided with uh, a, uh, the official warning notice um, that ABC issued to the um, uh, licensee. It's included as attachment 24. Um, one, one of the main concerns um, was, uh, as you see here highlighted, uh, of the hostess bar concept um, that, uh, that they were proposing and how that was a violation uh, of state law. Uh, in addition, um, also a, a violation of their license um, if it was not open to the public, uh, as well as their future plans to include a cigar bar or smoking lounge. And just a couple other items related to that uh, warning letter. As you see, um, uh, while the, the manager at that time uh, felt as though that it wasn't accurately depicted um, in, this, in the article in the Desert Sun, um, uh, they assured them that that drink solicitation would not, uh, would not occur. Um, again, um, as you see highlighted from uh, the letter uh, from ABC, they also advised that if they were to do a members only business, um, that it was uh, probably more prudent um, that they have that Type 57, uh, that Type 57 license. Uh, and then in summary, they responded, as you see here at the bottom, um, that they would continue to remain open to the general public, um, but there would be performances and others offered to the members. Uh, and just like to point out that as part of their statement of use, um, even the meeting minutes and uh, audio recording uh, from the Planning Commission, um, they stated that there would be no performances, no live music, um, it would be sort of soft music uh, for, uh, for their uh, uh, business guests at that club. Uh, and, and lastly, um, they also talked about, um, again, from ABC, this was the, their plan, um, as I have underlined, to open a cigar smoking lounge on the licensed premise. Uh, again, how that is a violation of, of state law. Uh, and then in addition to that, um, there was a concern that uh, ABC had with respect to the current manager uh, that he was not, uh, did not meet the qualifications under, uh, under state law. And with that, while ABC did not proceed with um, uh, moving forward with, with a, uh, a disciplinary proceedings, um, they, did, they did include this letter uh, in their file as a 
uh, as an official warning notice. Based on all of that, um, the Palm Desert Municipal Code outlines three standards uh, for revocation. Um, it's, it's, there, it's an or, so it's not, you, you have to meet all three, it's you have to meet at least one of them. Um, and what we have provided um, is a basis on all three of them. So the first uh, finding of fact is the city, city council must revoke the sweet spot, sweet spot club's business license to preserve the peace, health, safety, or general welfare of the city. Finding of fact A related to this, the business violated the conditional use permit conditions of approval as provided in the staff report and as presented this evening. Number two, upon receiving satisfactory evidence that the licensee thereof has violated any provision of, the other, of other laws relating to the city, county, state, and federal government. We had two findings of fact related to this standard. Finding of fact A, the business cannot operate or off, offer massages. Providing massage services requires a license pursuant to Palm Desert Municipal Code 5.87.050. And B, the business violated California ABC laws, uh, law and the rules of regulations of the department as outlined in the November 4th 2022 official warning notice. Standard number three, conducting a business other than that for which it was licensed. We had four findings of fact related to this standard. The first being they're operating as a bar open to the public, not as a private club. The business is licensed as a sweet spot club. However, the ABC license is for the sweet spot cafe. The business offered or offers massage therapy services and the business allows for the reservation of gaming tables, card tables, and poker tables. With that, staff has two recommendations for this evening. Uh, the first is that city council find that, this re that the staff report, including attachments, any additional evidence uh, presented this evening, uh, including the PowerPoint presentation that, that I just uh, went through, um, provides satisfactory evidence to determine that A, good and sufficient reasons uh, have been provided to revoke the business license to preserve the peace, health, safety, or general welfare of the city. B, uh, the Sweet Spot Club violated city and state laws. C, the Sweet Spot Club is conducting a business other than for which it was licensed. And our recommendation two is adopt a resolution revoking business license certificate 13709873 for the Sweet Spot Club located at 73338 Highway 111 in Palm Desert. Uh, and making findings in support thereof, and a draft of that resolution is provided as attachment one. And with that, I'd be happy to provide any additional clarifications or answer any questions. Any questions of staff? No question, but thank you for a very thorough, thorough report. I can't imagine how many hours this took to compile. Thank you. Yes, Council Member Trupe. Uh, excellent report. Thank you. Very thorough. Um, and I know you don't work for the ABC, but how can you, any speculation as to how the ABC would issue a license that was different uh, than what was on their original uh, city the, the, Certainly. And, and I included that as part of, <clears throat> I didn't get into that um, uh, on, on that slide, but there, there was some miscommunication by staff at that time. Um, ABC actually questioned um, the application. Uh, they did receive uh, in, in fact, we continue to have a, a great rela working relationship with ABC. Uh, at that time, um, uh, they had received uh, the conditional use permit, um, the, the resolution that that uh, Planning Commission adopted. Um, there were some communications with staff as to whether or not, um, because they applied for a general uh, general use open to the public, that seemed to go against 
um, what, what Planning Commission approved. Uh, and staff provided an, an email clarification at that time stating that um, it was consistent with, uh, with the D downtown area. Um, this was a time, at least, for, again, I wasn't here, um, but from what I understood, um, you know, new regulations were put in place, um, and, and I think it was just a, a misinterpretation of, of uh, what was permitted. Um, but I did, I did provide a, a formal letter uh, clarifying that, that we believe um, it, it was an issue. Um, ABC also stated that, again, as long as they were operating um, and being open to the public, they were essentially consistent with, with the ABC license. And so that's why we, we proceeded the way we did. Thank you. I believe we are prepared to hear from the licensee. Uh, please introduce yourself. Um, and the record should reflect uh, that the speaker has been uh, sworn to tell the truth uh, by the city clerk. Hi. Hi. Sorry, be a little nervous. Um, my name is Joe Tufaro. I've been a resident of Palm Desert for over 30 years. Uh, congratulations on all your positions. I think I voted for all of you and your husband. Um, <laughs> so I'm not here to speak to anything before I was brought on. I was brought on in the middle of November to help clean up the mess that unfortunately the owner uh, inherited from his managers before. Um, I was brought in because, again, I've been here. I've started working at PJ West in 1994. I worked at Bighorn. My wife's worked at Bighorn for 31 years. I know about private clubs. I know what's allowed. I know what's not allowed. I know violations. I know a lot of different things about how things should be done. Um, I came in after this article was written in the Desert Sun. Mr. Gottlieb saw it, saw what was there, and immediately fired the two managers that were there. One of them more of a cause for drinking on the job than he had been warned three different times, and the other gentleman for other violations and stealing, but also just changing the outlook of what this club was supposed to be. Um, again, I wasn't here for all the writing of the, the use permits and those types of things. I did meet with the ABC director who came to the club. I actually provided his name to Mr. Escobedo and, and uh, Mr. Canone, and I'm in very good relationship with him. Um, He's the one who texted me and said that the reason that the processing of a new application didn't take place immediately was they changed their filing fee from $100 to $105. And so it was sitting on someone's desk, and he called me. He was a very nice gentleman. He always he calls me at home. He calls me at the club whenever any of this stuff comes up. So I went home, got a check for 5 bucks, drove over to the ABC, put it in, and then it got put onto their website that it was being processed, and it's still in the process right now. None of what was put out there for what this club should be um, will ever take place in there as long as I'm there. I have a daughter that grew up and went to Palm Desert High School. I've been a high school football official for 15 years in the Coachella Valley. I'm the president of their association. We immediately fired everybody who was ever on staff at the club, and I promised Mr. Gottlieb that I would get it back up and running to the best of my ability before we got the letters and everything. So I didn't even know that those were coming down. but. I went ahead and made, um, made inroads to get the proper vendors in there for the alcohol, for, for food. Again, made friends with Mr. Haidar from the ABC to make sure that we were covering everything. The other gentleman had been there for months and had never applied for ABC for, to be a manager. I already have that. Um, it's, it's just something that 
We look for in everybody. Anybody we look for to hire, we make sure they're already covered with um, all the food service. Pardon me. <laughs> um, and, have, and have passed all the classes and all those types of things. We've made massive changes to the place. Um, this idea of what the desert chart wrote and being taken as fact makes it difficult. Um, we've even had people who have applied for jobs, we've called them in and then they see the address and they won't come in because they feel that it's not a place they want to work. We've finally gotten some people to come in and see the place. The young lady from KESQ that interviewed me last week, her first reaction was, what a beautiful place. This is so nice, you obviously did a lot of work. It's a very, very nice bar. It's a nice little lounge area. There is a room where there's chess set, where there's dominoes, where there's backgammon, where there's cards to play gin, poker, whatever, just like in most private clubs. Again, my wife's worked at Bighorn for 31 years. They have card rooms. They don't rent them out, and we would never rent them out because we know that that's not legal to do. There is no massage room. I would never do that. I would never have anything to do with anything of that nature. But it was also not a for-profit thing. None of that is for-profit. You're not going to belong to a club as a member and then have to pay to play cards or something. It's just a matter of a convenience. Um, you know, we have all the scoring sheets and the cards and those type of things, so you can do whatever you want. Again, as you go through some of the violations, you know, to say that there's no smoking allowed, again, as I look through the pictures on the Desert Sun, there's nobody with a cigarette in their hand, there's no ashtrays, there's no lighters, and I'm a political science major and a history major, and I know that since 1998, you haven't been allowed to smoke in California in a bar or a restaurant. We certainly weren't going to be the first club to poke the bear and say we were going to do that. Um, the cigar lounge, again, I think it was a matter of conversation from the previous management of, oh, you're going to be able to enjoy your cigar. Well, yeah, outside over there in that other building is the, was the plan of it all. I'm from New York. If I'm going to run a club where you can smoke cigars, we're going to have nice big glass ashtrays. We're going to have fancy lighters. We're going to have all stuff. There's nothing of that there. And again, there's nothing in the pictures. And the reason you have to go through the pictures from the Desert Sun is no one's ever come to visit the club. We have invited everybody. We'll invite anybody at any time. I'm the one who asked the girl from KSQ to come on in and take a look. She could take pictures anywhere she wants. I would never run anything that had anything to do with anything like that. Um, I do feel that Mr. Gottlieb has only one point in the cease and desist letter, two points that don't make much sense, and why he, as an, as an immigrant, he feels like he's being picked on a little bit, and it's unfortunate that he feels that way. But you all know, and all the fees should be paid at time of getting your permit. We've all dealt with the city. Anything I've ever wanted to get, you make sure you pay first. It's like going to the DMV. You don't get anything unless everything has been cleared up. So to come back after we've opened and after the article and say that we owed, 50, said, actually the first letter said we owed $100,000. And then the next day we got a, a letter from the attorney for the city that said, no, you paid half of it, you owe the other $50,000. We never got a bill. We never got a past due notice. We never got a letter saying, sorry, there must have been a misunderstanding. You still owe us $50,000. It's not like we owed $500. It was $50,000 that the city somehow didn't collect. And somehow that became a black mark on us that we didn't pay the $50,000. To me, that seems odd. Um, and then the ABC license, again, Ms. Chuby, you asked a good question. How did it get given to you if it didn't match up to the CUP? But also, in the letter that they gave us, it gave us, and you know, Mr. Cohn said five days to get a new license. 
Well, we got the letter on November 9th at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It was delivered to us by a code enforcement gentleman, very nice letterman in the club, handed me the letter, sat down with him, read it through, make sure I understood it. Um, and then it says, you have until November 14th to get a brand new ABC license. Well, what's November 11th? Veterans Day. It's a Friday. So we were told on the 10th that we needed to get a new license. The 11th is Veterans Day, the 12th and 13th is Saturday and Sunday. So somehow we were supposed to get a brand new license. And Mr. Canone wrote in his letter, there'll be no extension to this date. So we were supposed to get it within eight hours. Even if it was a simple process of changing the numbers from 48 to 57, it's a state government agency. I have a feeling it would take more than one day, excuse me, take more than one day to have that done. So in my, in my view, that seems like a task that you were set up to fail, that you knew we couldn't do, because how could you possibly get a new ABC license in, a one, in one day, basically is what it turned out to be. Um, again, I don't have any answers to why anything was said, why anything was planned. I wasn't at any of these events that were there. I was hired afterwards to clean it all up, which I've continued to do. And I think all we're looking for is a path forward to say, how can we get this very nice social club? One of our original people who wants to be members, oh, first of all, the first person I hired as an assistant is former law enforcement for 30 years from Cathedral City. Her husband's former law enforcement for 31 years. One of our first members is, Dr. is uh, Mr. Harry Enshay, who owns RX Water, and he's currently Homeland Security. We're not bringing in people that are undesirable. We're trying to find the best people. We've had a lot of people come and say, I now have to run my business from home. Having a conference room would be great. I could come down. It's a lovely little club. It, then there's nothing, again, if you would, anybody would come and see it, they would see this. The door is locked all the time. You have a VIP card once you become a member, that opens the door, okay? The posted hours that we have in our operations manual are two to seven Monday through Wednesday and then until 11 o'clock on the other days. Our ABC license says we have to be closed by midnight, which we would always be anyway, because there's no reason to be there later than that. Sorry. <laughs> so I just feel that two or three of the items that were listed, again, the fees certainly can't be our fault that we weren't told that we owed extra fees, and, and we were actually given the license. Um, the ABC license, as Mr. Truby says, how did you get the wrong one? And Mr. Young was very honest, said there was an issue at the time with staff or whatever that they didn't understand, it didn't match up. But again, as soon as they told us, Mr. Hyder from the ABC said, use the same consultant that you used previously. Mr. Brew is an excellent with the paperwork. It's an 18-page um, application, and all the signatures have to be notarized. He said, use them, it'll take a little time, it'll cost you a little bit of money, but once we get stuff from them, we know it's complete. So you're not gonna waste time with missing dates, missing signatures, things of that nature. So that's what we did. Um, again, we have employees that we've kept on paying because we don't wanna fire people if we don't have to. We have sick employees that come in every day. They dust the shelves, they clean here. We've done some construction, we've done some different things just to keep them busy. We've paid them an extra $3 an hour as a bonus because there's no tips. You know, we're just trying to open a nice place. And, and where the building is, there's an empty lot where McGowan's used to be. 
then there's us, and then two doors down is the red barn. So we're kind of trying to redo that neighborhood. Why would you want to have another empty storefront sitting on that section? We really would like to make something very nice. Again, we've had a, we shot a commercial there the other day. Three of the people who came to be models in the commercial want to join. So there's nothing, there's nothing to it other than a very nice place to be there, do business. Real estate agents are interested. Um, it just seems like a very nice place to be and, and, a, and a nice option to have. So that's really all I have to, to say. So. Thank you. Thank any, you for your time. Any questions for the licensee? Thank you. Uh, and Mr. Clerk, do we have any requests for a public comment? Madam Mayor, no public comment. Uh, does staff have any closing remarks? And these should be limited to no more than five minutes. Thank you, Madam Mayor and members of, of City Council. I am Denise Hansen, um, City Attorney's Office, advising staff on this issue. And staff has provided more than sufficient evidence to establish that um, of the three options the City Council has to revoke the license um, have been met. The first being um, sufficient reasons in order to preserve peace, health, and safety or the general welfare of the city. And it's clear from the evidence presented that many conditions of the CUP were violated, that the um, business operator was holding himself out to ABC as to be open as a, a public bar. He obviously submitted the application initially as an open bar open to, a bar open to the public, um, contrary to the very specific um, findings of the CUP um, and every type of information he provided to the city was that it was going to be a private club. Um, in addition, um, the, not paying the mitigation parking fees, it's not the city's responsibility to ensure that you've paid your fees. It's your, your responsibility um, as a condition of your CUP. Um, the second category would be that the licensee has violated city and state laws. Um, there's clear evidence that they were providing massage and violations of the city's code. Um, numerous violations of um, ABC regulations, including business and professions code. Um, the hostess bar, clearly an illegal um, use of a, um, a establishment in the state of California. The ABC license um, issued was a type 48 and required to remain open to the public. They were not open to the public um, according to what they were presenting to the city. Um, the manager was required to be qualified. The manager was not qualified. Again, another violation of ABC regulations. Um, the licensee, um, the third um, option for the city council to, to make a finding of revocation is that the licensee conducted business other than what was licensed for. Um, again, um, open to the public, not open to the public. They're trying to have it both ways. Um, the, um, they were licensed to be a... Um, private club, they were offering massage, um, they were allowing reservations of, of game tables and poker tables, and um, we would ask that um, based on the evidence presented today that the City Council uh, do make all three findings and uh, revoke their business license. Thank you. Does the licensee have any closing comments? 
And likewise, please limit these to five minutes. Yeah, it won't take that long. Um, again, when people state that we were doing certain things, that we were allowing certain things, and no one has ever walked through the door, um, we, we have an issue with that. Uh, there are some very disgruntled ex-employees, especially the two managers that were fired. Um, they're not happy about things. They put things out there. They've said things. Mr. Gottlieb got some horrible texts before we even walked in the door today from them, accusing, saying things that I can't repeat, um, that he's lost his thing and it couldn't happen to a better person, although it wasn't phrased that way. And we just feel that any due process of a violation of this nature should include a visit or some, everything that they put out there, that Mr. Kinnow has put out there, and again, very extensive, beautiful report. I've done board reports, they're not easy to do, they're not fun to put together, but it's all done from behind the computer screen. It's pictures that were taken from a, mag from a, from a newspaper article. It wasn't an advertorial, we didn't put it out there. And so, yes, it becomes public record, but it doesn't become true public record. Why not walk through the door? Again, I invite anybody to come. I'm leaving for Green Bay on Sunday, but <laughs> I invite anyone at any time for the next six months to walk through the door anytime you want. And we'll give you a tour, we will show you what's going on, we'll introduce you to our employees. We're all very nice people, professionals. There's nothing untoward going on at the club. And again, if the intention was for the previous management to do all those things, we apologize. That's the reason they're not there. I don't see how that will preclude Mr. Gutley from ever having another business because he made a mistake hiring somebody from, he is from out of town, he's from LA. He did the construction here, he likes Palm Desert, he wants to do some more projects here. He was given a recommendation to hire somebody, turned out to be the wrong people completely. As soon as he saw it, he fired them, brought me as a consultant. So I don't know why we would preclude him from trying to open a business because he made a poor choice of hiring somebody that he immediately got fired when he saw what was going on. And I just feel that why not work together? Let's find the path forward instead of just saying, okay, that's it, you're done, and leaving an empty building sitting there with six employees that no longer have a job. So thank you very much. Thank you. And with that, the public hearing is closed. Uh, let me see if I might uh, focus our discussion a bit. Um, it strikes me that the proposed findings which staff has offered are extremely well substantiated. Uh, the licensee's comments go to good things that might happen in the future. Uh, the case pertains to what has happened thus far. Um, I would propose that the basis for the findings has been established and ask my colleagues if anyone sees this differently in any respect. Mayor? Yes. I, I understand what you're saying, that we you know, focus on what's at hand in front of us, focusing yes. on the findings. And 
at a future date, perhaps there are second chances to, to write the business, but at this moment in time, we have to deal with what we have in, in, in hand. Correct. That's why my way of describing that, but perhaps in the future, believing in second chances, maybe they can get their business model correct, but for us tonight is just to rule on these facts. Correct. Okay. Uh, do you have a motion? Well, I will make an, a motion to approve staff's recommendation. I just want to add that in the future, perhaps they might have a second chance of getting it right. I second the, um, the request to move forward with staff, rec staff recommendation, and I add that it's unfortunate, but a lot of us have gotten used to working from home, so thank you. Uh, please take the vote. Councilmember Harnick? Yes. Councilmember Nastani? Yes. Mayor Pro Tem Quintanilla? Aye. Councilmember Truby? Yes. Mayor Kelly? Yes. Motion passes five to zero. And if I may add, um, Mayor Kelly, my comment was that in, in, as I take copious notes, one of the complaints was that their clients are frustrated that they have to work from home, that they don't have anywhere else to work. And so I, I think that that is not putting it anybody under any duress while the business takes additional time to move things forward and rectify the challenges. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we have no uh, other published items on the agenda, so we are adjourned. <laughs>